For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker and we appreciate you joining us here today as we continue our coverage of what the Tennessee Titans are going to be looking to do in the 2021 NFL Draft. Denard, it's draft month. We're in April. Drafts at the end of April, getting closer day by day. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited because the way the 2020 season ended left a sour taste in my mouth, but free agency, got some new additions coming in, obviously lost some big pieces on both offense and defense. How are the Titans going to look to build around that? We've kind of got that answer through free agency, so now it's time to turn to the draft. But before we get started, I want to ask, do you believe and believe in Titans is presented by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The Masters is here. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Do you know a lot of guys are Looking forward to the Masters happening again. Because last year, I mean, they got it in the fall, but to have it in springtime, it's it's that time of the year where golf is coming back. So I, I know a lot of people are excited about that. But if you're looking to get in on the action, head to Bet Online. They have you covered for all the odds. D, as we get started on talking about this Tennessee Titans, one, upcoming draft, and then just the draft in general, it looks as though we're going to be having an in-person draft. So we're going to get that Again, last time that happened, we were in Nashville. So I'm excited to see what the NFL has in store to kind of get things going again. But how, how are you feeling as we're coming into the 2021 draft? D, I'm feeling great. First of all, I want to say congratulations to the Lady Cardinals of Stanford for winning this year's national championship. This was a tough year dealing with COVID. I also want to send a fat shout out right down the road to my Baylor Bears. Congratulations to the Baylor men's basketball team. Finally, someone out of there has won a national championship. So congratulations. And also, I want to say congratulations to Sam Dahl. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving New York, you're going to go down south and you're going to beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. So congratulations. You got out of the state of New York and you're going to be a Carolina Panther. So I'm wondering, what do you think that's going to look like, D? It's a good question. Uh, I know I know that they are giving Teddy Bridgewater the opportunity, and by they, the Carolina Panthers, to look for trade opportunities. That uh, doesn't necessarily mean he's he's not going to stay there and possibly battle it out. I don't know. Um, I, I will say, as a, a Titans fan, I am hesitant and not going to jump to conclusions as it relates to a quarterback leaving an Adam Gase coached offense. I'm, I'm going to hold my breath on giving a, a take on Sam Darnold. I do think a change of scenery will be nice yeah. and uh, we'll see what happens for the, for the Carolina Panthers. It'll be interesting to see 
how they decide to revamp that offense. They were pretty bad last year. Can Sam Darnold make that big of a difference? My initial reaction is no, but like I said, I'm going to be hesitant to jump to conclusions, and we'll we'll see what happens there. Are, are you thinking coming out of Adam Gase's shadow, kind of like Ryan Tannehill did, will lead to a career resurgence for Sam Darnold? Yeah, because a, a really a, a change of scenery makes the world of difference. When you've been in a system that probably has had you bottled up for the last three years, you need to get out. And once you, you're able to get out and, and, and get around a good coach like Matt Rule, you know, he knows how to develop quarterbacks and in that system. You know what? I think this is going to be good for Sam. I mean, I think this is going to be a remer- He's going to definitely reemerge and put his name back up there as a guy that's not going to go down as a flop. Cause unfortunately, if you don't, uh, when you're drafted that high and you don't produce, that's what they do. They label you a flop and we'll hear that from years to come. So I think this is going to be a good move on both parts. And, and I just want to say congratulations to him. It's a, it's going to be a new time. It's a new season. And it's a new opportunity. So congratulations to Sam. Well, you mentioned that trade Denard and what that is going to do is it looks as though our top three picks in this coming draft will be quarterbacks. Again, that third overall pick with San Francisco might not go quarterback, but again, like I don't know why you would trade up that high to not take a quarterback. It just doesn't make right. a lot of sense. So we'll see, but it looks as though Trevor Lawrence, number one overall to the Jags. It looks as though the New York Jets, since they've gotten rid of Sam Darnold, are going to take Zach Wilson is everything that I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards saying at this point. And then at the three spot, San Francisco, are they possibly thinking Mac Jones? I mean, I've, I've heard that tie. Could they possibly? Justin Fields. He's been kind of getting, I, I would say, some negative comments thrown uh, about him. Uh, but I don't, I don't really know where it's it's coming from. But, but it's draft time. Yeah, it's, it's draft time. Anybody? And again, like this, this is something, D, you might be able to speak to this, but I mean, it's not uncommon for a team to like a guy and to maybe put some bad publicity out there for him to hope that he slips to wherever they're drafting. So yeah, it, I'll do part it. Of the, part of the game, man. So, That's right. But, but what this does mean is that more quarterbacks off the board earlier, it's only going to help the Titans, in my opinion, because that's going to leave more players at positions of need that the Titans have uh, that are going to continue to fall down the board, seeing as it looks as though we might have five quarterbacks off the board before the Titans even draft at 22, if that's where they end up staying. So, Deanna, last week we talked a little bit about some of the edge rushers that the Titans could be looking to target in on and take with that with that 22nd overall pick. I really am interested in getting your thoughts on some other guys that you've been able to scout, you've looked at, and you think that could possibly end up being there for the Titans to grab there towards the end of the first round. Well, you know what, D, I've been doing a lot of studying lately and just trying to break down what I feel like is the best fit for this defense. And I'm just giving you my opinion. And the more and more that I look at Fem, I look at Aziz Ajilari from Georgia. And you know what? First of all, I was having a conversation today and I was saying how a lot of times we look at their test. We're looking at the 36, the 40 or 50 bench, the reps on bench press. We're looking at the 4340 with guys that are 6'5", 280 pounds, and we're just in awe. And sometimes you have to go back and ask yourself, you know, when you have all of that physical prowess, like I like to call it, you know, will that translate on the field? And we've we've seen in, in uh, recent history where some guys have, you know, they've had all of this potential. And I go back in 1989 draft where you think about it, the first five drafts of the pick, four guys went in the Hall of Fame. 
but the guy that was drafted second, Tony Mandrich, who a lot of people thought he was going to be the greatest lineman ever, never panned out. And unfortunately, that happens all the time. And it's always a no-name guy that comes out of nowhere that ends up, you know, making a huge splash like a Tom Brady or Antonio Brown in these later rounds we call the six rounds. And so I'm just, when I look at Aziz Ojolari and I look at his measurements and I'm thinking 6'3", 240 pounds, this is, this is undersized for an edge rusher, you know, compared to the two, two individuals that I, I, I'm really high on or two players, Cordy Pay, who's just a monster. We talked about last week and Jason Oway out of Penn State, who's foregoing his senior year, who's 6'5", 252 indeed. You know what he ran in the 40? At six five two fifty two. I'm gonna say somewhere in the the low four fours. Mm mm. D you off. But I, I would have called it two, and that's we're great. But I, I mean, just take another guess. Four five. Am I going the wrong way? Dave. Yes. Man, see that's the thing. It's like these, these <laughs> athletes at these positions now. They can just run so fast. I guess again, it's a pro day, so they they do have a little bit of a favorable hand on that stopwatch. Four three eight. Four three three. At 252 pounds. It's unreal, man. That's not a, that's unreal. But you know what? When you go to the film, I'm always asking myself, how does that translate on the field? And sometimes you really don't see that production. And we're talking about, when I talk about Owe, he only had one sack really in two years of starting at Penn State. And that's kind of alarming considering the fact that when we talk about edge rushers or we talking about that dominant presence that the Titans need, they need somebody to come in right now, you know, and make an impact. And that's why I love Ajilari because he don't necessarily fit that mold of what you're looking for. He doesn't necessarily look that good. But when you watch him on film, Davey, let's go back to that Tennessee game when he, you remember when he sat uh, Garitano? He did a, a just a move. It's called a hustle play. Basically, beats the tackle off the edge, and he's then he's able to sack Garitano. He just don't hit Garitano, but he was able to cause a forced fumble. You know, and that's what you want. He was disrupted that whole game. Yeah, the second half for Georgia there, you just saw him really come to light. And oh man, just I, went off. I look back, like and again, I'll I'll preface this with Tennessee's tackles weren't very good. But his explosiveness going back and watching that game was just something that, that it really stood out to me. And so that's one of the things to where, you know, with the moves that these edge rushers are able to make on linemen, that's something that can be taught. But whenever you're just looking at the pure burst, that acceleration that he has, that's, I mean, that's something that's just a God-given gift. And so, I mean, yeah, you can you can add a little hitch here or there or whatever to, to kind of help make make you be a little bit faster, but just from what I've seen from him already with that size and speed, he's going to be a treat for some defensive coordinator to really work with. Uh, I totally agree. And also think about this. I would tell our listeners right now, there's a player that I had a chance to watch for a long time. And I, when I watched the coach game, it wasn't Peyton Manning as great as Peyton was. There was one guy that stood out on the defensive side of the ball. You remember, you know who I'm talking about, don't you? You're either going with Mathis or Freeney. Freeney, baby. And there's a lot of similarities between uh, Ajilori and Dwight Freeney. You know, I always tell our listeners, D, like we can't really show you on film because people really can't see us, right? I mean, that's common sense. But I like to give you kind of a vis- like a, a visual illustration of what a player looks like. Think about Dwight Freeney. 
And what Dwight Freeney was known for was he was an undersized defensive end, but he was known for being explosive. Like once Dwight Freeney got going upfield, you know, I would say 80% of the tackles couldn't contain him. You know, he was so good. He wasn't that big, much like you think about Aaron Donald. You know, we talk about guys' sizes. He's only six feet tall. He's not that tall of a guy, but that, that, that creates an advantage for the smaller guy because it creates leverage. And that's what you want. And Ajalure, what I love about him is not only his explosiveness, but his ability to always be around the ball. You want a disruptive defensive end. You want a guy that every time, if he plays 80 snaps or, or if he plays, you know, 50% of snaps of the game, you want to know that 48% of the time, you know, he's somewhere causing a, a ruckus or something. He's he's making this quarterback day very uncomfortable. And I just love this. I think this would be a great pick for the Titans at 22. Snard, you're speaking of someone being scary for opposing quarterbacks. I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about Sunday scaries. Now, here's something you probably didn't know about me. I don't relax well. My life's pretty crazy, and it's just hard for me to shut off my brain and chill. I overthink, I get easily stressed out, and it sucks. So I did my homework, and I found Sunday Scaries. They're delicious and vitamin-boosted CBD gummies. They became a must-have in my daily routine, and they chill me out in just about 20 minutes. Basically, they help me take the edge off so I can maintain my composure and live scare-free, unlike the quarterbacks that are going up against Aziz Ojolari. And here's the kicker. There's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code BELIEVE for your discount. That's promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. D, they sent me a package a while back, and I've been taking them before I go to bed. The last two weeks, I haven't slept this great, and I couldn't tell you how long. It's been a very long time. They really are helping take the edge off for me, and I highly recommend you going out and trying Sunday Scaries and transitioning back. I mean, that, that's that been the Titans' problem. They've not been scary for opposing quarterbacks. There's been practically zero pass rush this past season. We struck out. At the, deep, at the edge rusher position, outside linebacker, whatever you want to call it, there was no pressure on the quarterbacks, and they were able to just sit in the pocket, pick us apart. It's hard to win football games in today's NFL if there is no pressure on the quarterback. I always say the quarterback's the number, mo- number one most important position. Number two is your edge rusher. you got to have somebody to attack the quarterback. Then I usually would say three is your left tackle, somebody to protect your quarterback on the blind side. But we know Aziz Ojolari is a guy that the Titans are possibly looking at, and I guarantee you they, they've scouted him. They're looking at all these top edge rushers, particularly Titans' first-round pick. We talked about Jason Owa out of Penn State last week. I know yeah. you mentioned him just earlier in the show. And then uh, four three three, Kitty. Oh, Quitty Pay. Quitty Pay. Yeah, Quitty Pay. Don't say that. Don't say that five times in a row. Quitty Pay. So Quitty Pay. <laughs> I, I mean. Just looking at these guys, I can see at least one of them falling to the Titans. We talked about earlier how the quarterbacks are going to be going pretty quickly in this draft early on, so you're going to be having some guys fall. I mean, when you just kind of look at how this this draft shaking out, where else might the Titans, in your opinion, do you look to go if, let's say, they, they don't go edge rusher? 
Well, I will say this, considering the fact that we were last in the in the National Football League and getting off on third down, why not go defensive back, baby? Like, let's go prom time. You want to go big? We want to go Dion. You got to get a corner. Which you want to go? What, you got to get, get a corner. Whether so, it's your well, yeah, like, I know. Here, here's what I'm gonna say, man. Like, if you, if you don't draft a corner within your first, second, or third round picks, I got some questions for for J. Rob. Yeah, he ain't gonna answer them. But I'll say this: I think the rookie that out of my alma mater, I like to call it Louisiana State University, Mister Christian Fulton. This is his time. This is his year to step up. Also, this would be a great opportunity for Chris Jackson. Last year, we bragged about him, Davey. Let me tell you something. When he, other than the Cleveland game, he played great. Underrated, very explosive, and I think he's very technical sound. He just is young, and he's got a long way to go. But I think this is a young man that has a, a true upside and that with more experience and more reps, he will get better. But you can't pass up if you have a chance at a J.C. Horn. Because this is a once in a, what I call a, I don't want to say once in a lifetime opportunity, but what you want is you want somebody that's going to come in there right now. And you know that on one side of the field that he can shut it down. And we know Patrick Sertain the second, I love it because I played against his dad. We know he's going to probably go off the boards quite early because most people got him as probably a top 10 draft pick. But I will say this, if you have an opportunity to get a player of J.C. Horn caliber, you got to go after him. No, I mean, we, we talked about J.C. and how Coach Frabel and General Manager John Robinson were in attendance for his pro day. And ever since his pro day, uh, this isn't just a Titans thing, but you've seen him crawl up the draft yeah. boards of most analysts. And I mean, when you're looking at the cornerback position for this year's draft, I mean, there's not many guys that you can say, say are in front of him right now. I know Caleb Farley is there, uh, Patrick Sertain second, and... I mean, some would argue Asante Samuel Jr., uh, but I mean, those those four seem to be kind of starting to separate themselves from the rest of the pack when we're talking about defensive backs. You know what, D? Let, let me just say this: is we we often get so I like to call it mesmerized with you know stats, you know, but when you're a defensive back in this league, and if you can make it in the National Football League, you think of the greats, you think of Woodson. You think of Deion Sanders, you think of Aeneas Williams, you think of Daryl Green, you think of the Hall of Famers before, the Mike Haynes, the, we talk about the great Lester Hayes, one of my favorite players from Texas A&M. When I go back to the male Blounts, um, God, Donnie Shell, the old Pittsburgh 70 days, you know, all of these great corners, they have something in common, D. You know what that is? They take yeah. away... They take away one side of the ball. So when you're an opposing team, you know if this guy over here, this player on the right side, your right cornerback, you know that he's a top dog. You know that this is a guy that has a completing percentage of, let's say, you know, if there's 250 snaps and a receiver is only catching, let's say, 10% of passes that's coming his way, you know that's what a shutdown corner looks like. Because that means that your completion percentage is going to, <laughs> it's going to drop. You're not going to have a chance on that one side. So what happens, that's why teams like like San Francisco or, or the old days of Denver, Mike Shanahan, they will attack an opposing, they'll attack players. They don't necessarily attack defensive schemes. What they would do is they find the weakness of the defense. That's why when you would look at Dion play or you looked at Richard Sherman, you ever, you've ever 
watch like those old NFL clips when they would show like Richard Sherman and the Legion of Boom. And there was a player from Minnesota and Richard Sherman was like, oh, I'm so bored. You know, are you going to throw my way? You know, at some point you guys got to throw my side. People were afraid to go to that side because they knew that their chances of winning, you know, they were not favorable. And so that's what is called creating mismatches in this league. And that's what you need. That's what you want. You want you want a corner that can come in there right now and take the number one receiver on the opposing team. And right now that gives you about a 20 to 30 percent of chances of winning a football game. You know that? And that's why a, a player like J.C. Horn, he's a just a absolutely freak of nature playing that position. I go to Greg Newsom II, you know, out of Northwestern, another good player that you might need to consider. He's raw, but he's good. And the upside with him is his explosiveness. Now, the Titans like to play a lot of zone coverage. And this is his forte. David, let me tell you something. I watched a game against Wisconsin, and he played cover three as good as I've seen anybody in the country play. He can play. He's very instinctive, which means where, wherever that ball is, he's gone. He doesn't hesitate. He's not robotic. And this is what they're looking for uh, in that Titans secondary. They need somebody to go get it. And so if you go J.C. Horn or if Greg Newsom II at Northwestern's there, you might want to really look at taking taking a, a look at him because he's, he's first-round potential. No, I mean, that's another guy I've seen moving up draft boards. And so, I don't know, I just started playing these games in my head where it's like, all right, well, if this guy falls here, we'll have this opportunity here. And again, like, come draft day, everything just gets gets completely jumbled. It's the famous Mike Tyson quote, like, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. That's right. So I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of looking. Got, that's why you have to play the game. You know, that's why you play the game. You know, we can sit here and talk about draft and this player going here. But at the end of the day, it's all about what you do between those lines. You think we draft a kicker? No. Hey, first of all, you better get off this. We're, you know who we bring it back. Really Don't hate on Steven now. You, no, yes, hey, no, yes, I'm, asking, I'm simply back. asking. I know, yeah. the <laughs> I'm asking the question. See, you just... try to get me mad. You, don't, it's too early to be hating on Steven Mikostowski. Okay, I'm don't you hating. start with I'm just asking, man. Like I knew you was going to go there. He's an older it'll, player. Sometimes yeah, you got to start looking for you know what? the young blood. You know? I'm not even going to answer you. To, I'm not going to answer your question to that because you're trying to give me rattle. The only thing you've done all year is put my man down. I promise you. Much like Jeremy Pruitt, if Steven, if you go to a game, if he sees you at a Titans game, I promise you, David, he's going to come after you. Well, at least he knows who I am. All right. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. Titans, uh, they definitely don't need to be drafting a kicker in their first three rounds, which your first Thank three you. rounds, you got four picks in the top 100. I've never been really big on drafting a kicker, honestly. I mean, that's oh, one no. position you can find pretty much in an undrafted situation. I mean, there, there are very few that get drafted that end up being like you're all timers, but yeah, Sebastian I mean, Janikowski. Yeah, I mean he's he's one. Yeah, the one in but, a million, huh? But I mean, like the the most recent example that really stands out to me and did not work out for him. But old buddy from uh, FSU, gosh, his name escapes me right now. But oh, I know who you're talking about. Second uh, round pick. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, why would you have to go there? I know because his brother now kicks for. Uh, or the little brother now kicks for is it yeah. Florida State? Uh, Roberto Aguayo. R- Roberto Aguayo. Yeah. yeah, couldn't think of him. But no, I don't, I don't know. That is a situation the Titans need to address. But D, outside of 
going with a edge rusher or a cornerback. There is one other position I can see the Titans going with when we're looking at first-round picks, and that is a wide receiver. And so I, I think still available come 22. I mean, there, there's kind of a, a good little group there. Now, I know whenever you're looking at the top-notch wide receivers in this draft, like your Jamar Chases, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, those guys should be gone by the time the Titans are drafting. But when you look at players such as Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Toney, those are some guys that I could still see the Titans really giving a a close look at. And again, it's just about what the Titans and general manager John Robinson like to do. Are they feeling like we need to get the best player available or do they just fall, find a player they fall in love with and they're like, you know what, this is our guy, we're drafting him, even if it's not necessarily a position of need. Uh, just, I mean, every GM works differently and I feel like they went more for need last year and it obviously didn't pan out very well whenever you're looking at what ended up happening with our boy Isaiah. But I don't know, that that one's just going to go down as a... Probably one of the... That's the biggest Titans bust in history, in my opinion. So Let's let's not talk about him. We don't need to get depressed. But when you talk... Yeah, let's, let's not depress... You know what? This has been a great day. We don't need anything to to really uh, get us off course. But when you talk about receivers, first of all, you forgot Terrence Marshall Jr. out of LSU. So I don't really, I don't appreciate that. I like Terrence. I, <laughs> I, I, gave, I gave your boy Jamar. I gave yeah. him props, but I don't see Terrence going in the first round. No, I wouldn't say he's the first round, but you got to understand there's a lot of needs that you need. You can find your studs in the later rounds. And, and I want to talk about this as far as receivers are concerned. Now, I got a little question for you. Okay, because I know how smart you are, and I love when you when your face when you look puzzled, and it really makes me feel good about myself. But let's go back to 2018, and what player against the Titans in 2018 had 163 all-purpose yards? And what game it was the first game of the season? It was against the Dolphins, and he went off on Tennessee. Nah, he plays boy for the Dolphins. from LSU. Yeah, it's, uh, nah, not from no LSU. It wasn't Jarvis Landry. So you already Jarvis got it wrong. I shouldn't even say nothing. I shouldn't have said nothing. And the look on your face right now makes me feel really good about myself. See, Denard, the problem with this game is I've tried to wipe it from my memory, seeing as it took 10 hours to complete. It's actually, I, I kept pushing back a date so I could I watch this game, uh, which we ultimately lost. Yes. But there was one player on the Dolphins team. He just went off on Tennessee. 163 all-purpose yards. I don't Who was know. that? I don't know, man. I mean, let, let, you know what? I'm not going to look it up and try to pretend I know. like don't I look it up. Don't look it up. No, I'm just, saying I'm not. I'm this, not. Is a great, this is a great segue what I'm going to talk about. And I want to just get into this. It was Jakeem Grant. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't have got there. Yeah, nobody would have thought about it. So you're not, you're, you're not alone. But let me just say this about Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant is five foot six and he was an undrafted. Okay. Undrafted. I had a chance, uh, me and my son, we watched Patrick Mahomes and Jakeem Grant play LSU at the Texas City Bowl at, and down in Houston years ago. And when you look at, when I looked on the field, I kept telling my son, there's one player that really, that really stood out that game. And it wasn't Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't Leonard Fournette. It wasn't Jarvis Landry, none of these guys, okay? There was one guy on the field that played like a man among boys, and that was Jakeem Grant, the smallest guy on the field, and he went undrafted. 
and yet he's one of the most productive receivers in the National Football League. Let me tell you something. If I was playing right now and playing at a very top level, and I, if I had to stick a guy like Jakeem Grant, Davey, I promise you, he would scare me. That's how good he is, okay? He's like a Wes Welker, and he reminds me of a lot of the two players that I'm going to talk about. Another player by the name of Antonio, you know who I'm talking about, Antonio Brown. You know who he is, don't you? He was a six-round pick out of where? What school? Central Michigan. Central Central Michigan in 2010. He would go on to have seven, made seven Pro Bowls and four-time All. He's a four-time All Pro. I give you Butch another Jones pick. In college. That's right. Your favorite, your favorite coach of them all. You love Butch Jones, so don't you say nothing. I understand bad how Tennessee about keeps getting bad coaches. You need to stop okay. talking about go, these coaches. Go ahead, go ahead, you know what? But it, and also. And I'm going to say another pick. So who's, who's the top receiver in the league right now? Who would you say right now you would consider right now he's the number one receiver? He's the guy that people talk about is probably the best at his position right now. Who would you say? I would say Devontae Adams. That's what you would say, Devontae Adams. I, I, I agree. I, I like that. But what about Stephon Diggs? That's totally fair. That's, that's yeah, a very, fair. That's a fair, that's a fair yeah. conversation. That's like... That would be a great topic to debate Devontae and Stefan. But let me give you what I love about Devontae. I mean, Stefan, excuse me, is the, the Stefan was drafted in what? The fifth round. The 146th pick in the 2015 draft. Let me ask you something. Do you think he's having a Hall of Fame career right now at the rate he's going? I'd say, his play, I'd say his he's production? on his way. He's on his way. Thank you. He's on his way. If he continues down the path that he's been going, he will be a Hall of Famer one day. And that leads me into a great, a great segue into talking about this player that I'm very high on. And if I'm John Robinson, you might want to take a look at this young man. It's Jalen Darden. Out of where? North Texas. North Texas. North Texas is, I gave you a trivia question about, um, about four or five podcasts. And I said, and I talked about North Texas and how did they get their name? The main green. How did that come up? How did they, how were they able to get that name? How did it, where did they take that name from? Excuse me. The from their most, yard. I don't know. No, <laughs> come on. No, their most, their famous, one of their famous alumni is Joe Green. Mm-hmm. Mean Joe Green. North Texas, Mean Green. And they got another player that I truly feel, Davey, and I promise you, he will look good in a Titans uniform. And I don't believe, I don't say I guarantee, but I tell you what, he will be a huge addition to this offense. You're talking about Adam Humphreys just being released. Think about it. You've got a third down receiver coming in. This would be a great, great addition to that unit in Ron Tannehill. And let me tell you something. He's five foot nine, much like Wes Welker, who's on his way to the Hall of Fame. I don't know how he didn't get in this past year, but you talk about Jakeem Grant. You talk about Wes Welker. I promise you, Jalen Darden is one of those players, uh, Davey, that if I was a uh, general manager, I would take a very close look at. No, I mean, I've, I've heard good things about Darden as well. I mean, the, uh, the, the future is bright for the kid. And speaking of being bright, I don't know about you, D, but once summer gets here, I'm ready to get outside, get on the water. But one of the things is I, I constantly have sunglasses that they just they don't live up to the expectations they have just something fall on them that's not even that heavy 
they break, and I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again, having to buy some more sunglasses. But here's what I'll say. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code KANONCAST15 at canon.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's C-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canon. Clearly better. But Dion, I'm with you, man. Like, uh, whenever I've been trying to do some of these mock drafts, I will say, like, it's a deep wide receiver group, and he's a guy in, in Darden that I think we would be able to get around the 85th or 100th pick. And I, I do agree with you after looking over some of his tape that that's a guy that a GM is going to be really happy to get when it's all said and done. And you've mentioned it. A lot of times these players that go to these smaller schools often struggle to stand out to the public. They're not well-known yes. names. And so then you do see them really take off when they get to the next level. And for whatever reason, some of them aren't afforded the opportunity to go play at the Power 5 school that's going to get all the recognition during college. But Jalen Darden is one of those players that, while he did go to a smaller school, whenever you put the tape on, he definitely stands out. He's definitely a guy that's out there making plays. And so whenever I'm looking at what the Titans are going to do at the receiver position, I would definitely be happy with them getting a player with his skill set. Yeah, you know what? And I'll and I say this, and I don't want to continue to harp on this, but we – we we always look at these big schools and we're just we're in awe, you know, with the Jamar Chase and you know guys like you know Devonte uh, Smith, and we just automatically assume that what they were able to do in college that's going to translate to the National Football League, and it, it just it don't always happen that way, you know. I just hate I hate to say that, but we'll see guys or players, excuse me, like. One of my favorite, and I love this this player, is Julian Elderman. And what I love about Julian Elderman is this. Where did he go to school? Kent State. Kent State. Think about James Harrison. When you talk about, what, what 14 years in the National Football League, one of the greatest, he'll go down as one of the greatest dealers that ever played the, you know, that has played this game. And it has played, and his production for that organization has, it's indescribable the work that James has put in over the years. I mean, I know he's retired, but you imagine a guy that was cut four times, okay? And he was a pro bowler. He was an all pro. And yet, where was he from? Another small school out of the MAC. Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben out of Miami, Ohio. How many times have we saw where these players from these small schools step up in big moments and play big? They're the ones that we're usually talking about. And then we always talking about the guys that come from the Floridas, the LSUs. A lot of times, you know, they just didn't pan out. You know why? It's because guys, when they come from smaller schools, when you ever go to the NFL combines, you will see a lot of the guys that come from these power five schools. A lot of times, especially in the past, and if they thought that they were going to go high in the draft, they wouldn't even do anything at the combines, you know. And then you would take all the other guys like myself who were not big name, marquee names out there, 
uh, guys from smaller schools, knowing that every little thing that they do uh, basically would hopefully it would allow them to get a job in the National Football League. So they were they were grinding. And that's the mentality that a lot of players from small schools will take into the next level. I got to grind for everything that I can get. And a lot of times, a lot of guys will come in from bigger schools just thinking everything is going to be handed to them. And that's just not the way it works. And when you get there, a coach will basically say, hey, if I got two guys at one position, one from a Kent State and one from a Tennessee, and if the guy from Kent State can beat out the guy from ten- Tennessee and give me and can be more productive at this position, then the guy from Tennessee is gone. Because now it's about, you know, the 53 guys plus the five or how many guys they have on the practice squad. It's about wins. We saw Derek Roberson this year step up huge out of Sam Houston State. You, you, I think you didn't even know where Sam Houston State was, didn't you? He was in Texas. Yeah, you knew it was in Texas. In Huntsville. It. I, told, I told you, what was I said, what was most Huntsville is known for? Man, the you, state prison. <laughs> that's, that's where you don't want to go. My first mind goes to Huntsville, Alabama. I know. I'm just saying, I Which know. Is going I, back to your question of would I take the Tennessee guy or the Kent State guy, I'd take the Kent State guy if the Tennessee you guy go. was recruited by Jeremy Pruitt. Continue. See, there you go, hating again. But you think about Kevin Byard. You know, think about the Marshall. Where is he from? Middle Tennessee State. And yet he's one of the best safeties in the league. You know, and I just, you know, that's just the way it is. Nah, man, I mean, you're right. Can't argue with you. But again, there's, man, there's plenty of names that we can continue to go through. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue. We've been going through some of the guys that we're expecting to go in the earlier rounds. Another day was mostly talking about some guys in the first or second round. Jalen Darden got there. I, I think he'll go towards uh, – he could he could sneak up to round two. I, I think he'll go round three when it's all said and done. But again, we just we never know what's going to happen, and it, that's one of the things that's a, so much fun to watch with it. But D, we're out of time, my friend. But as always, I appreciate you hopping on the show with me. I always look forward to the next one. You're always extremely insightful to talk to. I love picking your brain, getting your take on the matter. And until next time, I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week and i hope our listeners that you all are having a great rest of your week as well but that is going to do it for us today for denard walker i am davy hudson you've been listening to believe in titans presented by bet online and as always tighten up thank you for tuning in to another edition of believe in titans on the belief podcast network if you enjoy the show please subscribe and rate us on itunes we are available on all your favorite directories itunes spotify Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.